Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order and then discuss them so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve, and joining me as always is the lovely Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you doing today? (laughs) So we just recorded probably like... 50% of this podcast and then listen back because there's a lot of noise outside the joys of recording in your second bedroom in in a major city in the middle of the day in the middle of the day on a Sunday and there are just children screaming and cars honking (laughs) and ambulances going by and we're like you know what let's Let's just just redo this but now we are in a bit of a time crunch so we are and I'm sorry if I sound like I'm (laughs) not wanting to be here aggravated or in a bit of a haste you sound like a cantankerous old bitch (laughs) from last week (laughs) a gob if you will yeah All right, so the movie that we just watched or we just finished watching is called It Could Happen to You. It's, of course, starring Nicolas Cage and Bridget Fonda of the Fonda family fame. Granddaughter of Fonda family fame. (laughs) Granddaughter of Henry Fonda, daughter of Peter Fonda, niece of Jane Fonda. Yes, thank you. So the year is 1994, and very briefly, the movie is about Nick Cage, who plays a cop in New York City, who he doesn't have any money for a tip for a waitress, Bridget Fonda, so he gives her a lottery ticket, basically, and the lottery ends up winning millions of dollars, so it's kind of like, oh, what do we do now? Do we split the money? Something along those lines. Nick Cage also has a wife who is the absolute worst, played by Rosie Perez. We'll get into that in a moment. Plays it well. She plays it well, but, but she is the, the worst. worst. <laughs> so uh, what are the IMDb... Ratings? Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. That the kind scores. Of thing. Yeah. So it's a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb and a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I was saying when we recorded this the first time... That... <laughs> We're going to have to pretend like... Everything is so new and fresh. <laughs> yeah. oh. You haven't heard any of the stories that about Nick Cage's life that I told you before. Remember all those great jokes I made before? <laughs> but uh, no, I feel like that is a little too high. This movie, just like last week, is another kind of nothing movie. We mentioned this to your parents the other night, and they were like, oh, I like that movie. It was cute. But that's really as far as this movie gets is like, it's cute, and that's fine. But... I feel like they said the same thing about moonstruck and honeymoon in vegas yeah those seem to be movies that that generation just like (laughs) accepted well and i was saying earlier this morning that i just feel like there was nothing better at the time it was like these are the movies that you can go see it's this or schindler's list (laughs) yeah exactly like it it was just on two ends of a spectrum and the rom-coms were just like running rampant oh my god yeah they were all (laughs) over the place the 90s were riddled with rom-coms just coming out their ears anyway so we're gonna start off the podcast once again by (laughs) hannah relaying a behind the scenes type of story from the movie maybe something about where nick cage is at in his life So I've already heard this. So Hannah, for our listening audience, what is the story that you would like to relay this week? So I will start by saying that this was kind of based off of a true story. Yeah. In that a cop gave a waitress a lottery ticket, I guess, not in lieu of a tip, but... Right. But yeah, they purchased, they went in on a lottery ticket. They went in on it together. So it's, it's, I don't know, in the movie, like... Some of these things don't happen, and you'll hear the plot later, I guess. But the true story is that this cop was friends with this waitress for, like, 14 years, and they both were happily married to other people. And then he went into her restaurant, and they were like, hey, let's go in on a $1 lottery ticket, pick the six numbers, like, between the two of them, and then won $6 million and split it between the two of them. 
which is way more boring than what we actually saw, <laughs> which was also kind of boring. But they a Hollywood depiction of it. Like, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, they got a Hollywood of There was it. really no controversy involved in this right. true story. Like, they both consensually chose the numbers. Both of their spouses were cool with it. Like, all was groovy. <laughs> all was gravy and groovy and grand. But, yeah, I was also saying, too, I hate when people are like, oh, based on a true story, when it's just such a small little piece of the story is actually true. Weren't you saying The Strangers? Yeah, it's either called The Stranger or Strangers or Strangers, something like that. And it's starring Liv Tyler. And the director said, oh, it's based on a true story. But the movie is like this gory thriller where these people in masks come into these people's house and like torture them and it gets really gruesome but it's really thrilling and the true story that it's based off of the director heard a knock on his door in the middle of the night and that's that's it it. (laughs) and it's really disappointing because it's like oh my god this is based on a true story holy shit it could have been like a deer running into his door or something or he could have imagined it it could have been like asleep (laughs) yeah something could have fallen over in the other room and he just thought it was the door Anyway. That's true. A deer running into the door would have been more interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. That would have been a whole other movie. Just some sort of wildlife movie instead of a thrilling, you know, murder movie. So, um, where were we? What were we talking about? Behind a the scenes? A little bit behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, oh, it was based on a true story. Yeah. Based on a quote-unquote true story. Right. Anything else about the movie that, that you would like to relay? <laughs> sure. So... Nick Cage's wife, played by Rosie Perez, mm. uh, apparently two other actresses or celebrities, I guess you could say. Oh yeah, were in the running for this role, and they both uh, separately turned down turned it down before the director offered it to Rosie Perez. Mm-hmm. But those two two people were Madonna, which and, would be wild, <laughs> yeah, and Marissa Tomei, which would be acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because Rosie Perez has a really kind of annoying grating voice in this movie, which Hannah will do an impression of later. But <laughs> I, I, in my opinion, it's it's pretty quality. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, Madonna, I could not see doing that type of voice. And no, uh, Marissa Tomei could. She could. This is my cousin Vinny. <laughs> my cousin Vinny. <laughs> Him. <laughs> Anywho. So earlier we mentioned that Bridget Fonda of famed Fonda family, <laughs> that alliteration, <laughs> yes. is likely getting roles at this point in her career because of <coughs> nepotism. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought that was a genuine cough for a minute no. and I was like, Han, put, turn the mic away when you cough. <laughs> Which we also have to assume that Nick Cage is. But for this movie, he actually worked with this director before. The director is Andrew Bergman, mm-hmm. and he directed Honeymoon in Vegas. So, there you go. Correct. Yeah, it's, like, pretty bankable, I guess, to be like, oh, Bridget Fonda, so people are going to go see this movie because it's Fonda and Cage. You know, I guess that's it. And like I said, there's there's only so many movies out at this time that are acceptable. You know, I feel like we're kind of spoiled now today with all of the great movies out there. But Right. So there is a very long New York Times article mm, that came yeah. out in 1994 mm-hmm. that I have struggled to piece together. But I have a bit of practice now, so I feel like prepared. <laughs> so we, Steve and I were talking off, off mic, but 
we're about to come upon what we're going to consider the golden cage. Mm. And we've been trying to think of other words that would relate to that as well. And like renaissance came to mind. Okay. That, I think that comes after the golden cage, right? Oh, the Nick, like the Nick Cage Nick Cage's renaissance. renaissance. Like yeah. we, we've been thinking of his career in like different phases, segments. Yeah. Segments yeah. Of but the golden history. cage is coming up. I'm not sure if we mentioned it on the podcast yet, but it is leaving Las Vegas face-off the rock con air in a row i'm not sure if that's the right order it does start with leaving las vegas which he won the academy award for my body is ready (laughs) 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 so those are four incredible very cagey movies in a row and honestly i've seen con air once and i haven't seen the other movies so well don't watch them between now and when we're watching them (laughs) so that's going to come up in a few weeks which i'm excited for yeah i'm stoked Mm -hmm. so that all started in 95 and this is 94 okay. so presumably when this came out he was already filming them mm, so you have okay. to think about i guess like his persona as being a part of the golden cage and mm. i think it's pretty obvious from the way that he is now trying to depict himself mm-hmm. so in this article he uh gives himself the, the nominer is that the moniker moniker <laughs> nominer <laughs> the moniker uh, the, he uh, gives himself the denominator. <laughs> yeah, the numerator. The numerator and denominator. <laughs> what did we have a fight about the other day? Like mnemonic versus mnemonic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I was wrong in fight. that. <laughs> <laughs> you were. It's fine. So anyway, he gives himself the moniker, the sunshine man. So this <laughs> motherfucker is considering himself to be the sunshine man. And he is trying to depict himself as more mature. Mature. <laughs> He's 30 years old now. He has a three-year-old son. He needs to get his shit together. And he just needs to like be a person finally. Yeah. So he's done with his like punk rock phase. Which he only would do movies for a while that he considered punk rock. Punk rock. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some of those movies, like, would I even consider them to be punk rock? Cotton Club is kind of my go-to for just <laughs> That's a, punky. a nothing movie. Because he plays a gangster, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Moonstruck? <laughs> it's not, not really punk rock, yeah. except that he's missing a hand. <laughs> That's punk rock. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. If that ain't punk rock, I'm not sure what is. <laughs> I lost my hand. I, I lost my bride. bride. Johnny has his bride. Johnny has his bride. And then he's like... What are you going to do? Take it and shove it or something. <laughs> yeah, he does, he does say something really obscure like that. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> where were we? Just oh, like he, the fact yeah. that he is he's now down. trying to, he's he's chilling out. He's mm. 30. He's like, I, I got to just, you know, get out of this. Yeah. We got to take myself a little bit more seriously. I want other people to take me seriously. And one of the things I also like to do when doing some of the research for these podcasts is Mm -hmm. finding out what other people are saying about him, like his co-stars and the director. And Rosie Perez said that she found him to be incredibly shy. Which is so weird. And then he was like, oh, you really pinned the the tail on the donkey on that one. (laughs) Of course he would say that. Like a shy person doesn't say that. I don't know. No, there's nothing shy about Nicholas. No, and I think I was saying in our first take is that his star is really on the rise with some of the movies he's done lately. So I don't think that Rosie Perez would be like, yeah, this motherfucker brought an octopus to set or like <laughs> he has a trunk full of bird feathers or something just obscure. You know, he's obsessed with his cat. Yeah, the 
this man, like, only a few years ago said that his cat was, like, his brother to him and he would get high with him in his room. And he has an actual brother. And he's, yeah, he is. <laughs> he's the worst director. Oh, yeah, that's true. Man, I mean, some of the other things that he's done and some of the things that we know that he's going to do, it's like he's really fooling himself here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who are you trying to, what are you trying to prove? Something to himself. Yeah, exactly. So that's where Nikki is. Okay. Nikki Kim. All right. Not much else I can say about the background on this. I think we are good to get started. Okay. So when Hannah says good to get started, our next segment meaning is uh, we're going to go through this movie, Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. And I took vigorous notes during the watching of this movie. So we'll go through, we'll recap some of the highlights for you. Then we it wasn't will... as hard for you to take the notes for this as it was for Deadfall, though. Oh my god, there was so much I had to write down for Deadfall. <laughs> for me, this movie, every other scene is just Nick Cage walking like Nick down Cage the street. Nick Cage walked down the street and looked at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so that's sort of actually how the movie starts. So kind of a good segue is it's a montage that immediately tells us that Nicolas Cage is a, he, he's called a good cop and there's a voiceover and it sounds like, you know, a poor man's Morgan Freeman, this kind of deeper type voice, this smooth voice. And it's like, he's a good cop. He loves kids and it shows him playing baseball with kids and he's tackling a bad guy and he's delivering a baby on a bus. <laughs> and then at one point, during this montage just in the beginning just cop things but at one point during this montage there's a blind man who's waving oh my a sticker God, i forgot about this and he just wanders into oncoming traffic like any adult blind man would not just wander into oncoming traffic they know but like they're not idiots they're adults their senses are apparently more like elevated than than sighted people right, right. i don't know if you know comic if books are to that. be believed yeah, yeah. but so he, so Nick Cage goes out into the middle of the street, picks up this blind man. He like he throws him over his shoulder and helps him cross the street. Like, like this is just every day. Just cop things. Just being a cop in New York, the greatest city in the world. You mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. <laughs> so then again, it's just him walking down the street and he's talking to, he's either always talking to his partner who's supposed to be funny, but isn't, or some kid because he loves kids. And then... He's just talking about how much his wife hates him. And this the camera pans over and we see the narrator. And we're like, okay, so there's an on-screen narrator. And he's breaking the fourth wall. He's talking directly to the camera. We're like, okay, that's fine. Movies do that. <laughs> this guy doesn't come back. No. I mean, well, he comes back. You see him. But he doesn't say anything. He doesn't break the fourth wall ever again. Just, just that one time in the beginning blows my mind anyway we'll get into this guy at the end of the movie because he becomes an important player but let's see what what's happening next oh so next now he's he's in his house and this might be a contender for best dress because he's in a purple robe and he's shaving his face mm. and he's talking to his wife in the shower and they're complaining about how the apartment they're in is too small and nick cage wants kids but his wife rosie perez doesn't want kids and she's like, I want to move. And he's like, why? I love living here in Queens and it's close to work. You held up your finger like you've got a point to say about this. So what have you got? Yeah, I I really loved Rosie Perez's voice in this. Oh, and I was looking yeah. at some of the quotes from the movie to see uh -huh. like if anything was particularly iconic. Uh -huh. And there's one later, but there was something from that scene where she was like, 
oh man, am I going to be able to do this like on the spot? <laughs> no, I know. It's nerve wracking. I, I don't envy you. Oh man. Rosie Perez has a very distinct voice, especially in this movie. I think she's really kind of hamming it up. You need to hear it one more time. Okay. We don't have the money to have kids. We don't have the money. <laughs> That's like her whole voice. I'm... Uh, we don't have the money. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry to our listeners. That's probably so annoying. But that's kind of how she was all movie. I mean, that's actually exactly how she was all movie. We got one bedroom in Queens. Oh, no. We can't live there. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is spot on, actually. (laughs) So we we also find in that beginning montage, it might even be the, the first scene in the movie, is that they lay the groundwork for this lottery, that it's a $64 million lottery. So Nick Cage goes to, you know, some newsstand and buys a lottery ticket. Then he and his partner, his partner's like, oh, I'm starving. That's one of his things is that he's just always hungry, I guess. So they go to (laughs) this diner that's across the street that apparently just opened or something. And this is where they meet uh, Bridget Bridget Fonda. Fonda. She's a waitress. I think there might have been a handful of scenes with just her and maybe her friend. And she's down on her luck. Her husband took all her the ran money a, yeah ran away ran took away, all her money she's going to court to declare bankruptcy which isn't how oh that my works. god no it's not <laughs> she goes to like civil claims court to declare, declare bankruptcy yeah and the judge is like she's like well i couldn't divorce my husband it's do you know how much money it is to get a divorce and and he's just like well, ma'am, if you're not divorced, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, but I'm divorced in my heart. And Shut up. It's like, shut, that's not how the law works. You're staring at a judge being like, haven't you ever felt love, And there's all Your these Honor. people like waiting behind that probably like have like a traffic violation right. that are like, I need to go to work after this. Right. Like, let's move on, lady. Oh, my God. She's so <laughs> annoying. She is. I think we said it earlier. She is just, ugh, she's too sweet. She's too nice. And so is Nick Cage. It's just like, it's like when you want dessert or something and you take a bite of a piece of cake and you're like, ah, this is just too sweet. Yeah. You know, and that's this whole movie. We watched a video earlier of a a cotton candy taco. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it reminded me of. Somebody took a bunch of cotton candy, (laughs) flattened it out into like a tortilla. (laughs) Put candy on it and then scoops of ice cream over top. Like... Yeah, I'm sure it's delicious, but like maybe half oh a bite. God, my teeth would just, just yeah, in, just explode. A cotton <laughs> they would candy, shatter. A cotton candy taco should be the sub line for this movie. Should be the should be the byline. Put it in the whatever. The what description. In, the, in the description? <laughs> the cotton candy taco of, of movies. movies. It's just like oh, this is too sweet. So that's Bridget Fonda's character. Anyway, so they're in the diner. And Nick Cage is looking longingly at her, even though he's married. And there's just this really awkward flirting, and Bridget Fonda's having the worst day of her life, so she's not there for it. And Nick Cage is like, oh, I'll have the lobster thermidor, which is supposed to be funny. He's like, ooh. I don't know, they're at like some... Rundown right. diner, right? In so, Queens. yeah, but you know, sometimes diners have weird dishes like that. You know you what I mean? Get a lobster at a diner. <laughs> no, I think I, that's the joke. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. So, also in this scene, I wrote this down it, twice. In this scene, Bridget Fonda loses her glasses. Oh my god! And she keeps feeling her boobs. 
And she doesn't... <laughs> to find them. She doesn't t- explain to people that she's looking for her glasses. She's just standing there grabbing her boobs <laughs> and looking around aimlessly. And people are like, they're on your head. It's like, why does everybody know that when she grabs her boobs and starts looking around, she's looking for her glasses? Because that's her thing. Yeah. Like, not just her <laughs> friends who know that maybe that's the, her signal. <laughs> but, like, Nick Cage, is he's going to pay his ticket, or his ticket, he's going to pay his, his receipt. His check. His check, oh my god. <laughs> and she grabs her boobs and starts looking around. Like, they just met, and he's like, oh, they're over here. Like, <laughs> how do you know that? So this is where the whole, you know, spark for the plot gets ignited, mm-hmm. is because... He doesn't have enough money for both the check and the tip. So he says, whatever one's bigger, either half of this lottery ticket that i bought earlier using my wife's anniversary me and my wife's anniversary and her birthday or something which came to her in a dream from her her dead dead father father. (laughs) (laughs) so i'll give you half of the lottery ticket or or the full tip you know whichever one you choose when i come back or something Mm -hmm. she's like i'm never gonna see you again because like why would she exactly but nick cage is such a nice guy so she's like i'll take the lottery ticket well that's in a, a later scene but yeah ultimately she does Oh, right. Might be. I ruined the plot for everybody. That's okay. Nobody's nobody's listening to this and being like, oh, spoiler alert. I wanted to hear Steve explain it in five minutes. But, are, there any, are there any people out there that... Are there any fans of our podcast that just hate when I explain the plot? They're like, stick to your job. Yeah. There's people who are like, God, this podcast would be so much better if, if it was just Steve. <laughs> No, so also during this scene, I guess it took us this long to find out, but it, Nick Cage's character's name is Charlie Lang, which he, I'm pretty sure he was Charlie Lang in another movie. That's At least, such a common name. I don't yeah, know. it's just a standard name. So Officer Lang. <laughs> he has to leave, you know, the the diner after they eat or get their coffee or whatever after the whole lottery ticket thing happens so he goes back to his apartment it's nighttime it's after his shift i guess he's playing stickball in the street with the local kids because he loves kids he's just such a good guy we don't have the money for kids <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so he gets called up to his ugly ass tacky apartment oh, with his with so rosie nice. perez oh and he's sitting in the watching tv with his wife and he starts soaking his feet and she's got a long day, man. He's got a he's got a blue collar job. Do people soak their feet? Like, is that a normal thing? Maybe in '94. Maybe was. in '94. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So they're just talking. I asked for a foot bath one time. Did you? For you didn't like ask me, birthday. did you? No, I was okay. like ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's the kind of thing a ten year old would ask for, use once, and then never again. <laughs> it was cool. You used it. You got, you got one. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't sure if you just asked for it oh, or no, if you got it. Oh, no, I got it. Mm, Please. Okay. I want it, I got it. Well, you're an only child, so that <laughs> happens. <laughs> I think that's all I got that year. I got a fur. For, like, every holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I got for my birthday when I turned 10? A firm handshake and a pat on the back. <laughs> Good job, kid. <laughs> Don't do anything stupid. Don't do any drugs. <laughs> Stay in school. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. So they're they're talking in the living room and while they're watching TV and Rosie Perez is like I want to get my boobs done and he's like why don't do that <laughs> so they're talking about the lottery numbers and she says because he says the numbers that he got you got the numbers wrong 
<laughs> because he got he was off by a day because their anniversary because he picked the day that they went to the the Chapel courthouse or, or versus the day they actually got married something along like that but you got the numbers wrong. <laughs> uh. but they end up winning the jackpot what? of course i know no like i said way. it could happen to you too if i had stopped after the diner scene that I just explained, like I said, you can guess what happens throughout the rest of this movie. Yeah, so they win the jackpot, and then other people win the jackpot as well. There's a handful of other people who win, so they're on the phone talking to the lottery people, and they find out that everybody gets, all of the winners get $4 million each. So that's still a lot of money, and I kind of figured that that might even be after taxes, they all get $4 million. So, And the 90s, too. It's a lot of money. Yeah, that's you're right. So that that is a lot of money, especially for the time. And so Nick Cage is like, "Oh my god, I promised the waitress half of the winnings." Which is wild that he would even like think of that. Right. It's like, "Wow, what a stand-up guy." Right. Oh my god, he's so nice, Han. He's the nicest guy. He's the cotton candy of the cotton candy taco. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is a great line where you know, his wife is like, well, just screw her. Like, don't give her the money. Don't give her half the money. And he goes, I gave her my word. <laughs> like, it is really cagey. I gave her my word. <laughs> and I think it's even in the trailer, which you watched a second was, ago. Yeah. yeah. So he goes back to the diner to discuss with the waitress. And he's going to give the waitress the choice. I'll give you half the lottery. Or the tip. Or the tip. And she's like, oh, you actually won something. Like, she doesn't know that he, he won the yeah, jackpot. Yeah, it could have been, like, three bucks. And again, Bridget Fonda is just so annoying. She's basically dancing around this diner. And she's so nice. And she's like, oh, my God, I want to apologize to you in more detail. Because I was having such a bad day yesterday. And like, who cares, man? Oh, he brings her those, like, that chain thing to keep your glasses oh, around your Oh, yeah, he's like, I got you a gift. It's, it's a like, what the fuck? Why? Why? You have a wife. You just met her. <laughs> give her the tip. Just give her, like, two bucks for a tip or something. Or forget about it. <laughs> All they got was a coffee. They didn't even eat. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, why did he get her a gift? I don't know, Steve, because he now is a he, Ford millionaire. Because he wants... And he can afford it. Because he stares long. Her. Yeah, yeah, of course. So he lets her choose double the tip or half the lottery. And she's like, okay, fine. I'll play along. I'll, I'll choose half the lottery. And he's like, oh, well, we won $4 million. So you win two. And then, uh, of course, the next scene is just he's walking somewhere with his wife and they go to the lottery office, ultimately, and they have a big press release, a big media junket. You got the numbers wrong! <laughs> Why do we have to give the money to the waitress? <laughs> so he convinces her on the train on the way there, his wife. He's like, you can become a celebrity out of this. Think of this. You're the person who gave away half your winnings on a tip to a waitress. Like, think about how great that's going to look. And she's like, oh my I'm God. so philanthropic. <laughs> Hot of gold. Is that what she says? Ah! <laughs> so they get there and the media loves them. Like originally there's this bowling team that goes in on a lottery ticket who they win. And so like originally the media is like, oh, look at this bowling team that won. How fun. And now they're like, oh my God, the cop and the waitress. Yeah. The cop, the cop gave half of his winnings to a waitress. Whoa. And they make like the front page of the paper and stuff. And. Then, with the money now, after they've gotten the check, he and his wife go on this shopping spree, and he's just like, ooh, whatever you want, babe. And she goes to all these expensive-ass places, and she's like, I won't feel whole until I get a fur coat. 
I gotta get the fur. Yeah. So they get home. <laughs> I'm just like blocking you out at this point because that voice is so annoying. But so they get home to a warm welcome. All the neighborhood kids are, you know, like, yay, congratulations. So happy for you. So then he's again just walking down the street with his partner. And he said that a guy called his house somehow and said, I'm going to shoot myself unless you give me $1,000 or $10,000 or something like that. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Yeah, he was like, people are like, you know, they know I have this money and they know who I am. Well, of course. So they're like begging me for money. And Nick Cage is so nice, he gives it away to people. So they go into a store that him and his partner that they must frequent and... Oh, yeah, the store is being robbed. So Nick Cage and the partner are like, okay, we know what's happening. They play it cool. He goes in the back door, comes through the basement, and instead of firing his gun or, you know, making his presence known in some other way, the the guy who's holding up the store, he takes like a can of beans. Nick Cage (laughs) takes a can of beans and throws it and hits the guy, but... The guy shoots Nick because he can in the, react in like the shoulder. because a gun. But don't you realize, Steve, that yeah. every night Nick Cage plays stickball with the kids in the neighborhood? Oh, you're right. So he probably has this incredible aim. Yes, even with a can of beans. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. So Nick Cage gets shot in the arm, and because he saved the day and he gave half of his earnings, there's another big press release about how proud the city is of him. And he says, he's, I'm going to donate $10,000 to the widow, to the police widow's fund after, you know, this incident. And his wife gets pissed at him because he keeps giving away all the money. He's making financial decisions without her. Yeah, exactly. And then he comes home and the apartment is being torn apart and reconstructed without his decision. Which I don't get because all she's complained about this whole movie is that she doesn't want to live in Queens. Right. Move to so a bigger place. So why invest all this money into redoing your apartment? Right. Just move into Manhattan. I don't get it either. You're a 4 well 2 million dollar baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't million dollar baby. I don't know. Million dollar. <laughs> no. I no, I wasn't. I, I thought you were saying something else, but yeah. Good one. Th- thank you. <laughs> So, again, he's walking down the streets of New York with his partner, and they see the diner, and apparently now it's called Yvonne's Diner, which is Bridget Fonda's name. So, she bought the diner from the guy who used to own it, who was an asshole. Wow. Right. In a shocking turn of events. I know. Never would have. So, they, they don't go in the diner, but he did buy his partner season tickets to the Knicks. <laughs> so like That was the one thing no he asked for. Yeah, yeah. So, again, he's just giving away his money. Then... They go to this party oh. on a yacht, <laughs> which is called Ahoy Millionaires. So it's all people who have ever won the lottery, like more than a million dollars in the lottery, get invited to this party. It's so funny because most people who have won the lottery are no longer millionaires. Right. Yeah. They, they don't they blow it all. Yeah. <laughs> which they kind of do. Because they buy their friends Nick's tickets. Right. And redo their Queen's apartments. Right. So, uh, let's see. So he sees, he's on the boat and he sees Yvonne off the boat and, you know, arguing with a cab driver. So he gets off the boat and the boat leaves. And then they're like, oh no, the boat left. And his wife was well, there. Well, we're all dressed up. Let's just go to a romantic dinner together. Even though Buy champagne. Both... Yeah. I don't crazy. understand. <laughs> so they go to a romantic dinner. They buy champagne. They dance like really, you know, 
sensually yeah yeah and there's like a wedding going on next door and so they're like talking about their past marriages and stuff and at the end of the night they're like okay yeah this was fun i'd like to have another friend in the city and nick cage is like i'm free like all the time basically Do i you guess remember? he quit his job or something well no because he's shot oh so, right yeah he, he's yeah. injured <laughs> yeah so so yeah he's oh, like, i remember oh, what happens work. next so you remember what happens next oh yeah so well <laughs> he briefly goes back on the boat and his wife didn't even realize that he was missing because she was too busy talking to some creepy old man so then, because he's free all the time, what they do is they decide to do the most 90s thing ever, which is go roller skating with elbow pads and knee pads in a tight t-shirt in, like, tucked Central into jeans. Park or in Central Park, yeah. So this is, honestly, we haven't talked about the screams in this movie because there aren't there are that many. many. This might be one of the few. So he's roller skating and he's going down a, a hill and he can't stop and he just screams, I can't slow down. And... He but fall- not in like a cagey way. No, and he falls in the water and he says, I think I got leprosy, which is a fun callback from Time to Kill, which is one of the worst <laughs> movies we've ever seen, which is a Nick Cage movie. <laughs> then he was like, this was fun, but I've got something more fun to do. And again, he's doing this with the waitress without his wife. And so he's like, I know what to do. That'll be more fun. So we go. they go to the subway and they treat everybody to a ride on the subway, which is like, mm-hmm. great. And then he takes all they the kids. They were photographed. Yeah. And then he takes all the kids from his neighborhood to Yankee, Stadium. to Yankee Stadium, to an empty Yankee Stadium. They play, you know, um, baseball. Know. Yeah, but they play It Could Happen to You, the song. Yes. Yeah. Multiple times. Also, <laughs> on the scoreboard, it says, oh my God, yeah. It says, Welcome Lotto Cop and Waitress and Kids from Outside. <laughs> like, what? Anyway. Nick Cage in this scene. He's, Kids from outside. He's once again wearing a tight, tucked-in T-shirt. Yo, he looks in a backwards good. hat. And Hannah could barely contain herself. <laughs> <laughs> but because you can't see his terrible hairline and his shirt is so tight that you can see his muscles, like he's looking good in this. He does scene. look good. Yeah, yeah. And the camera's far enough away from his face that you can't see how stupid it is. <laughs> That's true. His sunken in eyes and his janky teeth. But so his wife is is pissed at him. He gets back to his apartment. His wife's pissed because again he made the paper. He's spending all this time with the waitress, and uh, so she wants a divorce. And he's like, fine, because she's the worst. But in between this scene, we see Bridget Fonda go back to her apartment, and her ex husband is there, played by Stanley Tucci, who looks amazing. Stanley Tucci is ripped in this movie. He is jacked out of his mind. He because... may have the worst hair. <laughs> But he oh makes my God, up for it with his body, with his muscles. He's because he's like coming out of the shower when she comes into the apartment. So he is insanely ripped at this scene. Just but things I never knew about Stanley Tucci. No, I th- I only think of him as Doctor Erskine from Captain America. You would. I only think of him as the who like assistant or whatever from the Devil Wears Prada. You would. <laughs> So let's see. Again, Nick Cage walking down the street with kids, and he's just in the middle of the street because his wife kicked him out. So he decides to go to the plaza. The kids are like, "Don't stay at some rinky-dink motel. Yeah, go he's to like, the plaza." I'm gonna stay at the Holiday Inn. Yeah. And so, meanwhile, Stanley Tucci is like, "What are you gonna?" Do? She's like, "I'm leaving. You, you stay here." He's and like, he's, "Where are you gonna go? The plaza?" And she's like, she's "I like, will go to the plaza." Yeah, I will actually because I can afford it now. I'm a millionaire. Yeah. So. 
they see each other and they some for some reason get conjoining rooms like you know, they're I'm, like right next to each i've other. never checked into a hotel next to some like behind somebody in line and we get like 401 and 402 or something <laughs> that true. never happens it's always on separate floors but it, it's very clear what's gonna yeah, happen what do you think's gonna happen they're gonna bone they <laughs> are gonna bone. we hen and i start chanting they're gonna bone they're gonna bone, bone. They're, they're gonna, gonna bone, bone. <laughs> they're gonna bone so they get they do really uncomfortable flirting and he eats her face because of course he does and they totally boned and they come out of the the, the they come out of the ho- the hotel and they get bombarded by the media and everybody's like oh my god is a romance starting and so and the na- cop and the waitress oh my god <sighs> so Nick's at next scene he's at the lawyer's office trying to figure out the the divorce, divorce settlement and, and she ended up getting her boobs done which i don't know why they needed there to was include. a thing on imdb like the trivia mm-hmm. section and apparently like rosie perez has really large breasts oh really so for the scenes before that they binded her right. chest and yeah. then those like actually were her real real rack <laughs> good for her <laughs> yeah i was like cool like why imdb why are you telling me this <laughs> So we find out that in the lawyer's office that she wants the full $4 million. Like she wants Yvonne's half of the money that Nick Cage gave away without her decision. So that's the whole controversy. Controversy, Which didn't happen in real life. He does have a scream in the scene where he's like, come on. Like, you know, like he just screams, come on. Yeah, but, but it's like reasonable. It's reasonable. I don't know. You know, you're taking away money from this woman who needs it. Yeah. So, because he can't afford to stay at the plaza every night and he doesn't have a place to live, he stays at his partner's house, which is nice of his partner. Mm. And he he has to get into a Barney blanket because he has to stay in the kids' room. So, that's kind of funny, I guess. Anyway. Comedy, remember. Remember, this is a comedy. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, they're in the courtroom figuring out the divorce. And, it, it like, it goes to court. Like, they don't settle. So, it goes to court. And the prosecutor is... Was it the same judge? Oh, it probably... No. No, it was a woman. It was a woman the second time around. And it was a male the first time around. But so the prosecutor is the dad from Step Brothers. And he looks the same. He looks the same. He did that. He's one of those guys who just aged to 65 and then stopped. There's someone else that we've mentioned about this yeah. before. Yeah, I can't think He's of it. He's like a perpetual is. stepfather. Oh, Judge Reinhold. Yes. <laughs> He's just always a stepfather. He's always someone's stepdad. Even when he's not. Yeah. And he's very clearly a bad lawyer, but I think he's written as a good lawyer because ultimately Rosie Perez wins the trial. You and, got the numbers wrong. Yeah, and this trial has gone on and it's boring and, and fucking Bridget Fonda gets up on the stand and she's like, but you have to understand I love him. And when you love someone, you do the... Who cares? <laughs> And so when they find out that Rosie Perez wins, Bridget Fonda runs away and Nick Cage screams at her, Yvonne. But again, it's like as she's running away. It's like, I get it. Yeah, I get it. It's, un- it's frustrating, the lack of screams in this movie. <laughs> For people like us, of course. Yeah. So then there's a quick sad boy Nicky montage where he is just at Yvonne's door and he walks away with a fake tear in his eye. <laughs> a very clearly fake tear. <laughs> it's like they just put Visine on his face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, he's at his partner's house. He's sat on the subway. And then he goes back to the diner. Yeah, he goes to the diner or something. And him and 
uh, uh, not Rosie Perez, him and Bridget Fonda, they decide that they don't care about the money. They're going to be together no matter what. And we, pr- we like predicted this. Yeah. We had to pause like right before this point. And I was like, I bet I know what happens that they're going to stay together. They're going to be like, money doesn't matter. It's yes. all about the love. Yeah. But then they're going to find some way to get a bunch of money anyway. And I thought it was that they were going to win the lottery, lottery again, <laughs> like a bigger lottery, but it wasn't. So Big what twist there, what happens is makes way less sense. <laughs> so <laughs> Yvonne's diner, the whole idea of the diner is that there's always a table available for somebody to have a free meal who can't afford it. So homeless people or mm-hmm. sick people and she can calls come it in. the Charlie Lang table. There's like a little placard on the Exactly. Table. So it's a nice it's a nice thing. It's, you know, one table where somebody can get a free meal. So <laughs> the on-screen narrator <laughs> Remember him? Remember him from the beginning of the movie? He was he was also in the courtroom. He was also like, you know, at Yankee Stadium or something. He's just there. So he's just there, but he doesn't say anything. So he has long hair and he's disheveled and he looks homeless and he knocks on the door at the diner like right as you know they're getting back together and he's like making the motion of he wants to eat something he wants to eat soup and so she's like okay of course we'll let him in and he's and nick's like oh of course we'll let him in and then he busts out a little like spy camera out of his sleeve and we're like, who the fuck is we're this like, guy? Wait, what? And then he starts narrating again, and he's like, my, I'm a reporter for the New York Times. My, my name's some, some, I'm a photographer and reporter for the New York Times. Undercover investigator. And he like gets out of the diner, and they show him getting into a van that just says New York Times on the side. <laughs> and we're like, holy fucking shit. What happened? And he was like, they gave me, they gave me food and money. Yeah. They tipped that. So this... Yeah, so the reporter <laughs> comes in. Guy. He's not homeless. He's gainfully employed. And he's like, they were kind enough to give me a free bowl of soup. And even Nick Cage gave me a few dollars on the way out. And he said, I'm sorry, it couldn't be more. And I'm like, you just robbed this man. <laughs> you just got robbed, Nick Cage. You should be furious. Anyway, so. <laughs> so, whatever. The article goes viral. Like, yeah. everyone already in this city has either loved or hated them it's like everyone's so invested in this cop and waitress story so the article goes viral oh sorry i'll let you explain yeah how dare you (laughs) how dare you step on my toes (laughs) but yeah no i mean it's basically that then everybody starts to put money Money. together and they send them a bunch of fan mail and, and they win. They get like six hundred grand from yeah, this, so they can open the di- the open up the diner again, and he stays on as a cop. Great. And then they get married in a hot air balloon, and dump like a million hearts. Paper, like paper hearts, hearts. over and I was Central like, Park. Are these like good Samaritans? Are they going to come back and clean it up? And then, <laughs> like, they're just littering. <laughs> they roll credits as they pollute the earth. <laughs> and you know what song plays? What it could happen yeah, to you, yeah, baby. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, that's the movie, scene by scene. Uh, closing thoughts. Any other thoughts that you have from this movie? It's just so cotton candy taco. It is a cotton candy taco <laughs> with ice cream inside. It's just so cherry nice. cherry on top, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I would probably never watch this movie again. No, I don't think so. Yeah. So, not because it was bad, but right. just because it's like, you know, I, there are other... I love rom-coms, and there yeah. are other rom-coms that I'd much rather watch. There are other rom-coms that have more calm yeah <laughs> this was not very funny it was just rom right <laughs> too much rom not enough calm yeah nick cage awards our next segment so we're gonna give out some awards from this movie so what was who was the best supporting actor rosie perez <laughs> rosie perez not the on-screen oh, narrator, the narrator. 
<laughs> the random ass on-screen narrator. Yeah. This is the poor man's uh, Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, best dressed. What was Nick Cage's best outfit I think in this movie? His tucked-in shirt with, with the jeans and the um... backwards Yankee cap. Oh no, the oh the rollerblades. Roller <laughs> Just Classic. so quintessentially nineties. Yeah, I'm okay with that. What was the worst scene? Was it you? You mentioned it was yeah, the sad he, boy Nicky montage towards the like end. He like walked up to a window <laughs> and looked through it, and then walked away and had a tear in his eye. And I was like, "That's stupid." <laughs> <laughs> what do you think was the best Nick Cage scene? God, probably the one where he stops the robbery. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Because he throws that can. <laughs> he throws a can of beans. And then he gets shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I don't, I'm not really attached to any of these awards this week. Some weeks I'll really argue with you, but this week I'm, I'm not really... Yeah. yeah. He screamed only once, so we know what that is. <laughs> well, he has, like, when he says, come on in the li- in the lawyer's office, or when yeah. he screams at Yvonne on I the way Yvonne. out. Okay. That's fine. It's or scream. Or I can't slow down or something when he's... Yvonne oh, is okay. best scream. Because it reminded me of... Uh, Oh, what is that name that's screamed in? It's like the most famous name to yell. I have no it's idea from what you're a... about. Fuck. <laughs> what are you talking? You gotta give me something. I know. Um, it's a play. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> I can't think of it. Okay. Good. This is the quality. <laughs> we can cut all that out. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll see if I can find a spot to cut that. If not, I hope you all enjoyed that. The most nouveau shamanic moment. So the most quintessentially Nick Cage moment in the movie. There really wasn't that much. There, Maybe when he picked up the blind man at the beginning? Yeah, sure. Done? Perfect. Okay. There, it really wasn't a cagey movie. Like, Not anybody could have played that role. It was the opposite of a cagey movie. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. Which is so disappointing about it. Yeah. Where are we ranking this movie? That's our next piece here that we got to figure out. It just wasn't cagey, so it needs to go near the bottom. In the bottom. Stella! <laughs> oh, she got it, finally. Stella. <laughs> okay, so... Is it in the bottom five? I don't think it's in the bottom five. Bottom five being uh, from best to worst. Zandali, Amos and Andrew, above The Boy Zandali. in Blue. Okay, so above that is Wild at Heart, Firebirds. Lower than Wild at Heart. So okay. B- above Zandali, below Wild at Heart. So not quite cracking the bottom five, Mm-mm. but it's in Number the... Number sixth worst. Sixth from the bottom, so that would be... Not because we hated the movie, but like when we're ranking... When we rank these movies, we think about mm-hmm. our initial reaction from the movie and how cagey it was. Yeah, which is why Deadfall is so high. Like, that movie is That white... movie was objectively trash. It's, like, that movie was yeah. probably the worst movie I've seen in a while. <laughs> it's white hot garbage. <laughs> and it was what I was going to say. But that's going to put this movie that we just watched uh, at around 18 or 19. so Or 19 or 20, something 25. like that. 25. Yeah. Um, no, no. Next week's gonna be twenty five, so that's out of twenty four. We should next week. Do something let's, next week. Yeah, we'll we'll that. recap them all. Because we're like kind of a quarter of the way through. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Oh boy! Wow. So next, we're, Steve. Yeah, we we're doing it. We've watched almost a quarter of a of a man's life. Like. <laughs> He does a lot of movies like today, like six movies this year, six movies last year. I mean, he's year. doing it. He did three or four in 94. Yeah, that's true. 
So next week, we're going to be watching a movie called Trapped in Paradise. I don't really know anything about it, as Not per usual. Thing. You said 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. 10% on so Rotten Tomatoes. Looking forward to yeah. seeing what that's all about. Yeah, but it'll be Trapped in Paradise, one more movie, and then Leaving Las Vegas. Wow, Golden so, Cage. Yeah, so I actually, I said... That's next... actually a great time for, him, for us to take hmm. some type of break and, like, re-rank the 25 or yeah. i don't know like whatever we decide well, we want to we do. said we might do something for march madness yeah so march is coming this could up. just be like one phase of his career mm-hmm. the first 25 or the first 26 or whatever yeah so yeah we'll we'll do something maybe for march madness and uh next weekend we might take off we are traveling next weekend and so it's sort of a holiday being valentine's and president's day uh, so we might take off next weekend. So join us either next weekend or two weekends from now when we watch Trapped in Paradise. <laughs> All right, so that's the rankings, and that's what we're going to watch next week. So that pretty much closes us out for this movie. Anything else you'd like to add, Han? No, I'm going to go eat a cotton candy taco. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have Girl Scout cookies paired Which with beer. That's where we're heading now. cotton candy taco. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right, and now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Take care.